Thanks for tuning in to Blokes of Wrestling on the Let's Get Ready Network, the place for coverage of all the things you love. On this feed, we discuss the weekly news, awesome matches, and best moments from AEW, WWE, New Japan, Impact, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR underscore network. And please leave a rating and a review of this episode. Enjoy the show, everyone. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Just wanted to take a quick minute to tell you about our merch store, store.letsgetreadynetwork.com. If you're looking for a gift for your fellow wrestling fan this holiday season, check out this badass-looking stainless water bottle, as well as plenty of other drinkware, including some mugs for you to enjoy your eggnog out of. We also have this very comfortable-looking unisex zip hoodie with the Blokes of Wrestling logo on there. Or if you're like me, and you go to a wrestling show and you get the really good tickets opposite the hard cam and you want to stick out on camera, check out this Blokes of Wrestling with the yellow, really awesome color there and the logo on it. Totally will spot you if you're wearing that at a show. Again, that's store.letsgetreadynetwork.com. A good place, resource for all your holiday gifts this season. And without further ado, let's get into Blokes of Wrestling. Make sure to give us a subscribe. And hit the thumbs up if you haven't already. Now on with the show. Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Blokes of Wrestling. This is our big end-of-the-year season finale. We're going to be going through and talking about some of the best of the best of 2022. And, man, there's a lot to choose from, Soda. How are you doing yeah. tonight, my man? I'm doing really good, Jill. Uh, excited to talk about this because I always love talking wrestling. But it's great to look back on what we've had throughout the year and think, oh, my God, some of these actually were this year. Yeah, right. There was just yeah. so much that happened this year. I think a lot of it was more bigger talking points of things that happened behind the scenes. However, yeah. there was still a lot of really good stuff in ring. And I'm really looking forward to yeah. getting into it and sharing our different lists. Cause I think we have, we have some different stuff on here uh, that we can compare and, yeah. and go through. But uh, again, uh, if you guys haven't already make sure to hit that subscribe button and give this video a thumbs up. And join us on Patreon as well, patreon.com slash LGR underscore network. Mike Sempervivi, who just uh, won the uh, Starcade trivia match against Soda here recently, uh, has issued an open challenge for patrons. So if you want to get in uh, uh, on that lowest level, which is only a dollar a month, that'll also get you access to our Discord, where you can go in there and chat with us about all sorts of stuff, including pro wrestling. But yeah, man, Soda, I'm I'm looking forward to getting it, getting into it, and talking about mm -hmm. it here with you. Uh, I was yeah. looking back at last year's episode and was noticing that we did feud of the year, I think, and uh, there was a moment of the year. So yeah. I want to kind of take a different spin on it this year and talk about storyline of the year, best storyline of the year, which I think is going to be an easy pick for both of us, and mm -hmm. also moment of the year, but. You know, before we get into that, I think we might have gotten the promo of the year, promo segment of the year tonight on Ooh. Dynamite. I think we yeah. can declare that the winner of 
promo of the year between MJF and Ricky Starks. Holy shit, what a promo segment that was. What? Right? Like, you right? Know, that, that just came out of nowhere. And like I said to you earlier, like, that to me is the moment Ricky Starks became a star. Jesus. Might be. Might be. So I think we could both maybe give that promo segment of the year if it's not like uh, the other the other one that immediately comes to mind, which is a good segue into storyline of the year, is uh, that you're you're not he's just not feeling Usy. Yeah, uh, where Roman and uh, the Usos just everybody breaks and it's like an old SNL get uh, really really good stuff there. I think that was probably my other segment promo segment of the year for sure. That's definitely up there. Um, just because of, yeah, exactly. Like you said, just because it felt like an SNN, SNL sketch. Uh, I also would go the MJF uh, babyface promo be cut during the CM Punk feud. Yes. That's that another was, really good one. Well, actually, you know what? You could, you could argue for any number of promos from that feud. Yeah, it's true. MJF yeah. has just cut some incredible promos this year. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think storyline of the year is like, the easiest call anybody could make. It's maybe the, one of the greatest wrestling story lines that we've ever seen, uh, at least like within the last decade. And it's my easy pick for the Sami Zayn Usos bloodline, uh, rope mm-hmm. rain storyline that's going on in WWE, uh, it, which is crazy. Cause it started before Vince left and triple H is just kind of continuing. it. I don't think really changing much of and what the plans were to happen either. No, and it's the greatest thing in pro wrestling right now, easily. Uh, which yes. is, I can't believe I'm saying that. Like headed into from last year, I would have been like, "Oh man, AEW is the thing to watch." But WWE recently has been on an absolute tear, and uh, this seg- this whole storyline is just amazing. Here's an idea of how over Sami Zayn is because of this storyline at the press conference for Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia, in a place that is renowned for their hate of Serbians, they were chanting Sami Zayn's name. Think about that for a second. That's over. If you could get your sworn enemies to chant your name like that, that you're over. I don't care what you say. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's been amazing. I love think that as the taping, the most recent like big angle they did was that Survivor Series where uh, you, you're not sure where his allegiances lie, and then uh, he low blows Kevin Owens. Great callback to their NXT feud where Owens just falls in, into him and yeah. then uh, gives him the Holuva kick and uh, and gives the win. Sacrificial lamb, he puts it down, and, and Uso does the dive off it. And uh, Bloodline in full, you know, unison mode right now. Obviously, it's I don't think it's going to last forever. I think they're going to turn on Sami Zayn eventually. And man, the heat that that's going to get once that finally does happen. And then give it a big moment to Owens and Zayn at WrestleMania where they beat the Usos for the tag team titles. Uh, man, something to look forward to in 2023 for sure. Yeah, which if I don't know if you're ready to start our list because I am because that's a good segue. To yeah. And- my number 10 because my number 10 is the men's war game match. Well, we didn't talk about moment of the year, but I think we could segue it into these matches that we're going to talk about. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm going to lead the conversation forward here to our to starting with our number tens, yeah. and that is a good segue. So I will let you start with your number ten match of the year. Yes, so it is the men's war games, the very first time on the main roster in WWE with some arguably some of their biggest stars going right now, and 
the reason why this is on the list is because of the storytelling throughout the match, because Dagan nailed it right on the head during the intro there. Um, that you didn't know which direction Sami Zayn was going to be leaning uh, right. going into this match. And of course you had the relationship with Jey Uso who despised him. So that it, it made it, it made it interesting. So when Roman, when it was supposed to be Jimmy going into the match for the second, second man, he stops and says, no, Sammy, you go. That was pretty cool because all of a sudden you could see, Oh, okay. How is him and Jay going to work together? And, you know, of course they had their moments or whatever. And then later on in the match, Jay accidentally super kicks Sammy and, Oh no, what's going to happen here? But then just when Kevin Owens has the match won, Sammy Zane stops it in one of the most ingenious ways ever because he yes. doesn't hit his best friend. But he also saves the tribal chief, where he just stops the ref, just stops him, holds his and hand back as he's about to make the three. And everyone just fucking genius! Like, oh my god, it, it was such a great moment. And then all of a sudden, he low blows Kevin Owens and a two rote. Look at that match, shot, man! Match is over. Uh, Roman finally accepts him into the family, hugs him, Jay welcomes in hugs them the whole celebration it was just it was it's perfect it's wrestling wrestling perfection really from a storytelling perspective exactly it's arguably the i would or in that sense i would say it's the best war games in terms of the story throughout the match it's a good pick i think that's an, that's like another good pick for moment it's not my moment of the year but it's a moment of the year for it's sure definitely moment of the year yeah yeah, and it's a it's a really good pick for number ten. Uh, we have honorable mentions as well that we can go through uh, mm-hmm. at the end, but um, and, or and we'll talk about them throughout. But yeah, I I would probably put that in my honorable mentions. But very 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 uh, good. Uh, you know, the, I thought the match itself overall was was like good. It wasn't like amazing, yeah. but it was like it was good. But just the the ending and the way that the whole booking went with the finish and everything really made the show for me so exactly if it felt it felt like a, a movie in a way yeah it really did yeah so uh my number 10 as we we go back and forth here um i, I think we'll do it like you you do one and then i'll i'll do 10 and then nine and then we'll pop back to you for uh for your number nine um but i'm gonna go with a match that probably not a lot of people remember because it happened all the way back on january 29th and that was at the Rev Pro High Stakes event, and it was Will Osprey taking on Michael Oku. If you guys haven't checked out this match, I highly, highly recommend it. I think Dave Meltzer gave it like five and a half stars. Uh, it's just uh, talk about good storytelling. Uh, the, the storytelling throughout this match is uh, really, really well done. With Oku, he's got his girlfriend out there, uh, the fighting babyface that's trying to dethrone Osprey and. This is like the most nasty, despicable heel version of Will Ospreay that you'll ever see uh, in this match. Just he just does some heinous, heinous shit. Uh, there's a, a sp- the, one of the stipulations for the match, or the stipulation was that uh, the the match could not be stopped for any other reason other than a pinfall or submission. So, mm-hmm. at one point, Oku's girlfriend tries to throw in the towel. But it doesn't matter because the match keeps going because the match can't be stopped. So the ref just waves it off and Osprey just like taunts Oku and then just tucks the towel as girlfriend, flips off the camera, hits him with a hidden blade like fucking 
hot ten hidden blades in a row uh, to get the win. Just really, really insanely good shit here. Uh, I, I gave I gave this match my my number ten here. Just if you want to see Will Osprey at the the most diabolical heel that he's ever been in his entire career, check out this match for sure on Rev Pro, which is a, a show that probably hardly anybody watches, but they got some matches like this that are just amazing. They're kind of like New Japan's, one of their uh, NXTs almost, if you want to call it that. It's right. like a developmental brand for um, for New Japan. So uh, Osprey was their champ for quite some time. Recently lost the match. I can't remember who it was, some up-and-comer. But hmm. yeah, this, this match is definitely worth checking out. It's my number 10. Okay, I will definitely have to check it out because I have not seen it. Absolutely. Um, but I will move on to my number nine, which I think, spoiler alert, might pop up again here later, and that is the match between Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch at WrestleMania Night 1. Mm -hmm. Man, this match was awesome. I think uh, a another classic from Bianca Belair at WrestleMania two years in a row now following last year's match against Sasha Banks, which was, uh, I think, on my on both of our top tens last year as well. Uh, another amazing moment for Bianca Belair winning the title here after sort of being squashed earlier in the year. A lot of fans not happy about that moment. They thought they buried Bianca, but when, in fact, Vince McMahon, again, while he was still in charge here at this point, had long there was like the one like decent long term storyline that they've they've done in WWE went at the end of his career as well as like setting up the the Roman and Sami Zayn stuff obviously but this match was just incredibly well worked by both ladies and uh, as as you can see uh, Bianca here like turning turning the, the tide on on Becky and putting her in the armbar uh, and then I think got the KOD victory at the end of this but man. This match is definitely worthy. I was not in the main event slot this year of night one, but I think certainly worthy of being. And I think, uh, Soda, you might have more to say on this match a little bit later, but uh, anything yeah. anything to add there? Uh, yeah, I just want to say that this is how I feel about it. Uh, last year was Bianca saying, I'm here. This year, this match was Bianca saying, you ain't getting rid of me ever. Right. Like here to stay. This, this, this is it. This is cements her in the in the conversation. Yeah. She she's gonna go down in the history books as one of those like you know important uh important characters important superstars of this era, of this era of like you know, it feels like a very fresh women's division. It's felt mm -hmm. that way ever since like kind of the four horse women emerged in NXT where you had Charlotte, Becky, uh Bailey and uh, and Sasha, so I think that 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 it continues to evolve and 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 yeah. get better even uh, at times. And like you see that when they we just brought the Triple H just brought back another one or another couple with Mia Yim and with uh, Tegan Knox. Yeah. So like it's awesome to see this current uh, main roster of of women superstars being like all these former NXT stars. Like your Biancas and, and Beckys and, and Baileys, and uh, it's just really, really awesome to see. And I, I, I couldn't be happier because, like, I watched all these women when they were just coming up at NXT, and like, mm -hmm. man, these, there's a lot of potential here. And it's kind of migrated now over to Raw and SmackDown. I'm, I'm, I'm just loving it. Yeah, and it's pretty cool that it is Triple H at the helm because he's the one. He's, he yeah. saw what they could do 
in the past, and now he's getting them back again, but with the seasoning added to it. So, I mean, it's and he's getting to run the show, which is even better. Yeah, it's not like here I could recommend to Vince to use Bianca or whatever, but now he's like, yeah. well, I can just do whatever I want with them. Exactly. It's just like, yeah, let's go, and you can you can tell watching the product right now, it's paying off. And speaking of, of guys that are, are are given the okay to just do whatever and tear the house down, what is your number nine soda? It is Sheamus versus Gunther from Clash at the Castle. Holy crap! This match was a brawl. Um, it, it was everything you wanted to, to to be and more. And what I love is at the beginning, it was just this massive stare down between the two in the middle of the ring while the brawling brutes and the rest of the members of the Curium are fighting each other. Um, yeah, these two just went to war. Like, I I don't think I've ever seen personally anything as hard hitting. Like, I, I don't watch a lot of New Japan stuff. So, you know, I don't have a big scope when it comes to saying that. But this, oh, my God. Like, even, we'll take a look at the picture here. Like, Sheamus' chest bloody. They just went to a freaking war. Yeah. Um, and, but one of the, but the cool part was the respect that the crowd was showing to Seamus. And you can tell it's that carry yeah. on ever since, um, basically acknowledging that Seamus is a legend. He, you know, he's officially earned that respect. And I don't think he'll ever, he'll have our, I do think he'll have a hard time getting booed again now. I think well, he's, a, he's definitely a hall of famer. Like 100%. Um, yeah. Yeah, and like that performance just cemented that. And in front of you know his, you know he's Irish, but you know in front of his his home crowd, like how cool yep. is that? Yeah, uh, very very cool. Yeah, love this match. They beat the absolute crap out of each other. Definitely high up there in my honorable mentions list. Um, didn't didn't quite crack my top ten, but I actually just watched it for the first time recently and. It reminded me of the match that Walter had against uh, Ilya Dragunov a it couple did, years yeah. ago in the in the empty arena uh, era, where him the, those two guys just beat the crap out of each other, where their chests are just like pouring open, like really, wow. really hard hitting stuff. And uh, this match was was similar in that that regard for sure. But yeah, I love to see again both of these guys. I think now with Triple H running things, being utilized to their fullest potential. Mm -hmm. And you read reports that like Gunther was going to get buried by Vince uh, if he had the left. So I'm just so happy that they haven't did that. And uh, Triple H knows how to use these guys properly. Now it's just very refreshing to see. Yeah, the brawling brutes are some of my favorite. <clears throat> some, some of my favorites to watch right now on TV. They really are. Yeah, definitely. Uh, again, speaking of entertaining WWE matches this year, Soto, what do you have for your number eight? So. <laughs> This match is one of those matches that has no right being as good as it was. <laughs> uh, this is a good way to put it. Sami Zayn classic. Um, because pretty much it was mostly all him. Uh, and then Knoxville came into the into it at a certain point. But this is the jackass match from uh, WrestleMania. Which night was it? I don't remember. Night two. Night two. Yeah, yeah night two. It was the best two. match on night two. That's right. It was, <laughs> it was the best match on night two. Yeah, especially man, with it, a giant it, fucking mousetrap. Like, yeah, you know <laughs> it, it it malfunctioned and it, but it still worked because of who was involved. Yeah. In it. Like this was basically Jackass done live, and Sami Zayn just dove head first to it into it and gave us some great moments, like him crashing the Jackass Forever premiere. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
And yes, Johnny Knoxville was the perfect foil for him. And this goes back to like the Royal Rumble and, and whatnot. Um, yes. This was, yeah, this was just a fun hardcore match. You had your cameo from some of the guys from Jackass. You had Party Boy Pontius do the bit there in the ring, which was just like, oh my God. Um, yeah, we had, had uh, you know, Wee Man suplexing. Uh, Wee Man giving the to, Yeah, it was, oh my God. Just memorable moments, and you—it's like I said—it's a match that on paper you would never expect to be this good. You, you like you'd expect to be, you know, all right, but nowhere near this good. And this is this is definitely going to be on my rewatch list because this is just fun. I love. Oh, for sure. There's no other better word I can describe to use this to to explain this match to somebody other than just good fun. And yeah, exactly. it really didn't need to be much more than that. Like they didn't do, need to do any crazy spots. The, the crazy spots were supposed to be silly and entertaining and, you know, it's like something out of jackass. And that's exactly what, what I got. I, I got what I expected and more because it was just that that entertaining, you know? And some of the stunts were straight from jackass. Like, you had the big palm, which I'm like, you know, how could you not see that? Yeah. But, you know, you're in the middle of the, of the fun, whatever. And, you know, Sami Zayn getting thrown off the uh, ring apron, off the sorry, off the ropes, onto the table full of mouse traps. It's just like, yeah. It's a it's, it's there's a lot of greatest hits and then there's a couple new things that fit right in. Nothing insane, but it's just uh it's so much fun. Yeah, I agree. I love this match. Definitely my again my favorite match of night two of WrestleMania. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's just crazy to think as you pointed out that they set this up during the Royal Rumble and it was a feud that paid off from that. So yeah, pretty much. And yeah, and then of course, let's not forget Johnny Knoxville giving out Sami Zayn's phone number. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and people actually calling him. Man, I, I wish that I had gotten a chance to like somehow get it at the right yeah. moment. I tried a couple times and just went to voicemail and said that it was full, but like I, I wish I, I could have somehow put, got the right time and called Sammy Zane and like just pranked him for yeah. I don't I don't know what I would have even said. I would have been like, uh hey, you wanna wanna check out my podcast, Blokes of Wrestling? And he'd just be like, who the hell are you? And just try hang up on me. But yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, yeah. good stuff there. It was at that period that I think people were like, finally, I, I don't I don't know why it took so long, but like just this year, people realizing how great Sammy Zayn is. Right. They're like, really? I've known this for so many years, like watching him at NXT and even like El Generico mm. back in the day on Ring of Honor. So yeah, a great year for Sammy Zayn. 100%. Yeah, the, the, this is definitely, this year has been his ascension, so to speak. Yeah. Like, he's the most over baby face in the company. Like or in in wrestling, I'd say. Yeah, right now, yeah, I I think yeah. that's that's a good point. Again, again like, like I said, think about it. Saudi Arabia, we're chanting his fucking name. Yeah, and and it's and it's because of that and how over it is. Like that, once the Usos do finally turn on him, man, yeah. can just the nuclear levels of heat that it's that's gonna get. Yeah, it's it's good. It's yeah, because Royal Rumble is probably gonna be Kevin Owens versus uh, Reigns, so it's gonna yep. happen probably around then. Yeah, something's gonna happen at the at that at the end of that match, I would think to yeah. start. So it would give that. us Roman versus probably Roman versus Sammy at the middle pit uh, elimination chamber at Montreal, which Sammy's hometown as well. So which we oh probably- that see that could be an interesting turning point yeah. if they do elimination chamber and they have Reigns defend the title inside the chamber and you have Sammy Zayn in there as well with like four other guys, whatever it is. Yeah, that could be interesting. They could do some some storyline thing there. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting. Or, or I was thinking you could do uh, because we. I was gonna say no. We you know 
Owens could win the, the chamber, but I'm like, well, that would make no sense. He doesn't yeah. get the title shot. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, uh, good stuff there with Sami Zayn. But uh, moving on to my number eight, uh, WWE on a streak here with it with our lists. Uh, I got yeah. at my number eight recently from Extreme Rules, the good old fashioned Donnie Brook match. Uh, picking up from what we were just talking about with Gunther and Sheamus, we had the brawling brutes in this match taking on Imperium. And man, this this match reminded me like of one of those old NXT takeover openers back in the day where it's just like you got these like the, some of the best tag teams in the company right now in there against each other. And they just go all out with everything and just do all sorts of crazy spots and beat the absolute crap out of each other for our entertainment. Really, really good stuff in this match. Uh, I thought that the Extreme Rules pay-per-view overall was like, again, pretty good. Not like a blowaway show or anything, but this match in particular, I thought really stood out as being the match of the night for me, and uh, definitely a match of the year candidate. Uh, similar to the the Gunther and Walter match, I think I think this might be a case of like I would have put Walter and uh, Gun or Walter and Sheamus on here um, if it weren't for the fact that I knew you were going to Soda, and so I was like, oh, I gotta mention that Donnie Brook match as well because that that match is so entertaining. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That it was very entertaining. <laughs> I hope the review is entertaining, to be honest. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, the, the, there's nothing great like seeing a bunch of meaty men slapping each other's meat like that. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so much fun. Really, really a lot of fun. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of, hey, a mix of fun and hard hitting matchups. Uh, for my number seven, I have Will Osprey once again making my list. Uh, may not be the last time, uh, mm -hmm. maybe a tease for later, but as Will Ospreay taking on Orange Cassidy at the Forbidden Door pay-per-view, of course, the New Japan AEW crossover show that happened uh, back in June in Chicago. Uh, a lot of plans had to get changed around for this show. Uh, Tony Khan was talking about it recently at a press conference. A lot of shows this year obviously being impacted by injuries and things like that. And uh, this one, I just remember everybody shitting on it before headed in, like, ah, oh, this show's going to suck. They had to change so many things around. And then you had matches like Orange Cassidy and Will Ospreay, which was just a hell of a good time. Uh, a, a good mix of, as I was saying, uh, a little bit of comedy, but maybe not as much as you would expect from Orange Cassidy. He gets serious when he wants to be, and this was certainly the case here. These guys definitely putting on an absolute clinic uh, one that I think had a lot of people talking, especially people that maybe hadn't had a chance to see a Will Ospreay match yet, that were more so just AEW fans, uh, getting them to see. And, and a match that you wouldn't expect. Like, what? Will Ospreay's match for Midor is going to be against Orange Cassidy? And it was a, an absolute banger, as pretty much every Will Ospreay match is. Absolutely loved this match, Soda. Yeah, so uh, I, I watched this match, but I, I don't remember it. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, because as you can tell, Stoner here, and uh, I probably went to make dinner or something like that. And I just haven't gone back and revisited, but def but definitely I do know it by reputation. And you're right, like or you hear Will Osprey versus Orange Cassidy, you wouldn't yeah. think it's a great match because most people they just think Orange Cassidy is the guy who does the weak ass kicks and it's just like no yeah, the pocket Cassidy can yeah. actually go. Um so yeah, I'm not surprised that it was this good to be honest. 
Yeah, I, again, like Will Ospreay could pretty much do no wrong. I think he could have a match with, uh, you know, uh, yeah. like a doll, a blow up doll or something like Kenny Omega did. It would be a, a five, get five stars from Meltzer. But um, yeah, what do you have for your, your your number seven? Now we finally got some AEW on this list. It's been crazy. Like I didn't expect, like going going in again to this year, that I would have so many WWE matches yeah. on my end of the year list and not as many AEW, but. What is your number seven for for this list, Soda? Uh, it is Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho from earlier this year at, uh, oh, forgive me, Revolution? Yes. Yes, a, from AEW Revolution. Yep. Um, this was the start of what ended up being a really long storyline. But basically, Eddie Kingston, uh, it was his moment to shine. It was his biggest match. Um, Jericho before the match said, if you, if you beat me in the middle of the ring, I will shake your hand afterwards. And what ends up happening? Eddie Kingston shakes his hand and Jericho, eh, no, I'm good. And, no. then the next, <laughs> and then right afterwards forms the Jericho Appreciation Society, which is still going strong right now, pretty much holding almost all the uh, ring of honor belts. Um, but this was Eddie's probably arguably his biggest match, um, on the stage. Yeah, He's going against he's go went against somebody who is considered the goat in the conversation, like a Mount Rushmore type wrestler. And he pinned him in the middle of the ring. Er, he did. Yeah. It was pinned. It was pinfall. Yeah. No, um, no, this was Eddie showing that he can hang with the greats and he belongs. The best. Yep. He, he could easily hang in a main event program. No doubt about it. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. This this was really? the ultimate Eddie match. Like there, of course. Like, yeah, you know, it's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's the ultimate Eddie match. Like it, it's it's yeah. definitely an embodiment of if if you wanted to explain somebody to somebody who Eddie Kingston is, this is the this is the easy access match. You could you could show him uh, the matches that he just had recently uh, with his um with his the uh, Yeah, yeah. With the I was going to mention and, that because like uh, it, we're talking about this match with Jericho is like maybe the biggest match of his career, at least from like a you know, a, maybe a spotlight perspective. Yeah. That makes, whereas well, the like Junakiyama match. Standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Career standpoint. Whereas the Junakiyama match was more of like a personal yeah. uh, dream match goal for him. And while it was certainly an awesome match and a dream match, it was more like for maybe sentimental value for Eddie mm -hmm. uh, or just something, you know, something definitely at the top of his bucket list. Yeah. But I think you can definitely compare tell. the matches in, the, in that sense. Yeah, for sure. They're they're yeah, they're both they're both career matches for different reasons. But this this one is just like just Eddie's come. I don't want to say coming out party because it feels like he's already done that. But this was like Eddie's yeah. arrival on the big stage. Yeah, that I, I can hang with these guys. Give 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 me more, you know. Absolutely, I love this match. Again, definitely it was one of those that has a great balance of like mm -hmm. you know hard hitting and like. Uh, you know, uh, traditional professional wrestling, and uh, def definitely a, a good one to, to shout out for sure. Yeah. That Revolution pay per view, man, that was that was a good one. That stands out for me as being one of the best shows of the year, uh, for sure. But for sure. Talking about main event superstar soda, what is your number six? Um, it is. We just talked about it earlier. It is uh, the Bianca Belair Becky Lynch match from WrestleMania. I honestly don't have much more I can say. That I can add to this because. You you nailed the, everything. Yeah, that shot's head. awesome. Oh yeah, it, it is. Props and, to that photographer. Uh, WWE's official uh, uh, photographer there took this photo. Oh, I, yeah. I don't I don't know their name off the top of my head, but man, what a shot! Uh, Bianca doing that that uh, flip. 
with the braid holder braid like that. Yeah. I love that. It, 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 it's it's kind of poetic in a way that this was Vince McMahon's last WrestleMania. He went out with yeah. a bang, you know. Um, it almost it's almost like the universe knew. Okay, this this guy's toast. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, no, this match, I, and I'm one of the people that when Bianca lo uh, lost like really quickly, so I was like, what the hell? And of right. course, I ate, <laughs> I ate my hat with this, uh, and I'm very glad I ate my hat. And of course, they had the rematch at SummerSlam, which was really good as well, but not as good as this one. Um, like I said earlier, this was Bianca saying, like, I'm here to stay. Ain't none of y'all going to kick me off this ledge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Definitely. I don't have much more to add here from for what I said earlier, but uh, I, I will quickly mention that uh, I did have Ferris on the show a few weeks ago, and he had some really cool long-term booking ideas, which uh, he was pointing out that Bianca's uh, husband, Montez Ford, he thinks is going to be a big-time main eventer, uh, probably sooner rather than later in WWE, especially now with Triple H in charge. I think yeah. that guy, they've talked about him for a while you know, no disrespect to the other guy in the Street Profit, uh, Angelo uh, Dawkins. I think you know he's he'll he'll be unfortunately relegated mostly to like mid card. Uh, once I think Montez gets that main event push, but I could he see him being like more of a, of a Christian like career. Yeah, sure. That's yeah. That that's a that's another. Uh, yeah, sure. I I would compare it in that sense. But uh, like looking into kind of in the crystal ball of professional wrestling, if you would. Uh, I thought it'd be a cool moment if, like, let's say WrestleMania 2024, if you have Bianca and Montez both standing tall with the belts at the mm -hmm. end of the show after Montez has just won the world championship. Similar to what he came out uh, when he won the title last year and, like, put, you know, there was that great moment there. But then, like, one up that moment at the end of WrestleMania having Montez and Bianca as like the champs with the belts, I think would be really, really cool. And like possibly maybe a 24, 25, 2025, whatever it is, but it would be pretty cool. Yeah. That was credit to Ferris for that. That one. Mm -hmm. So definitely something I think could potentially happen, but uh, what is your number six soda? I think I have a clip for this. That was my number six. Oh, yeah, that was your number six. Okay, so it's my turn for number six. And for my number six here, uh, as we go through, and I'm completely lost. Uh, okay, yes, I got it now. I was just looking for a clip, guys. I'm just breaking kayfabe for a second. I'm doing the show from my phone uh, from <laughs> the garage here tonight. And so I have to scroll through to get the clips. But uh, my number What's that? Is it a heated garage, at least? It, there's some heating going on, and it's also I'm normally warm for December right now. It's about 55 degrees outside on December 7th in Vermont. So climate change is real, everybody. Um, <laughs> but my number six, uh, also one of the, the best women's matches that I've seen in quite some time. Uh, there were a couple. There's a series of matches between Jordan Grace and Masha Slamovich on Impact Wrestling. They had an awesome match at the Bound for Glory pay-per-view that I, I went to back in October. However, they won up themselves on the next show on Impact Overdrive with the last knockout standing match. They hadn't had one of those in like six or seven years. And I got the clip here. This, this in particular, this finish is why this match is so high on my number six of the year. Check this out. Uh, Going up off the stairs here. Oh! 
the juggernaut muscle buster through the door to retain. Uh, Jordan Grace just getting up to beat the 10 count, but Masha Slamovich like stumbles and she almost gets back to her feet, but then just collapses after taking that bump. Holy shit, right? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it's yeah. not often you see a door spot. <laughs> and let me tell you guys, Jordan Grace is somebody to keep your eye on because I yeah. feel like, though, so, a couple years ago when AEW got started, she signed this long-term deal with Impact Wrestling. So this is 2020, so I think she's probably her contract will be up at the end of 2023 or some, somewhere in the, the middle to end of 2023. But she signed that contract. And she had interest from AEW as well. But she didn't want to sign with AEW right away because she wanted to see how they were going to do first and if they were going to be able to, like, be a major promotion. Well, it's now, I think, proven themselves as a major promotion. However, now with Triple H back at the table, uh, I don't know. I feel like those she's going to be a, a hot free agent that people are going to be really talking about uh, oh, towards yeah. the middle or later part. Because if you see what she just did there, Masha Slamovich as well, another one to keep your eye on. But Jordan Grace in particular really proven herself as a star this year with this run she's having with the knockouts title. So I would be surprised if you see her big time either on AEW or WWE coming up in, in towards the end of 2023. I wouldn't be surprised if Triple H does not see dollar signs when he sees her because she definitely fits into that mold. Uh, well, basically basically what the mold used to be for the men, but in the women's side, and she's a good wrestler to boot. So, I mean, I could see her doing China-like stuff. Can you imagine seeing her wrestle Bianca Belair? Oh, oh my God. Talk about the battle of the jacked ladies. Or, yeah, or, yeah, or her versus Becky Lynch, or her versus Ronda Rousey. Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Rhea Ripley. Oh, my God. You heard Rhea Ripley. There's a Lady Hawks battle for you. Jordan yeah. Grace versus Rhea Ripley. But at the same time, how cool it would be to see her wrestle Jade Cargill. Right. Or Athena. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that'd, or, that'd be another good one. Or Brick Baker, of course. A lot of dream match potentials, uh, for sure, for her. But I think... But, uh, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. I think at the end of the day, she's not going to end up with, it, with impact uh, by the end of the year. I feel like she's, she's got a lot more money that she could be making uh, in the you industry. But uh, my number five here... Uh, is yet another match from WrestleMania. This was the main event of night one, and it was the return of Stone Cold Steve Austin taking on Kevin Owens in a match where I think a lot of people were very concerned, uh, maybe thinking like, oh, the match is going to be just uh, a little bit of uh, kind of similar to Goldberg and Lesnar a few years ago where he's just going to kill Kevin Owens in like a minute and a half. But man, no, they had an actual match. And Stone Cold looked absolutely phenomenal in the ring. Uh, at however old he is, 56, I think, 57. He's like my dad's age. And uh, him and uh, Kevin Owens just put on a hell of a match. Well worthy of the main event. Uh, where I think the scariest thing to ever happen in the history of pro wrestling with uh, Stone Cold takes the bump off of that cement. Oh, like, my Jesus God. Christ. But uh, I thought this was a, really a historic moment for mm. for WWE and for pro wrestling uh, to have Stone Cold come back and to have it go as well as it did. Uh, which you know we talked about how they might they might be offering a match for him for this year's WrestleMania as well. 
so maybe this is going to become a little bit of an annual thing, right? And the way that he looked and the way that he has been keeping in shape and everything, I wouldn't mind another few years of, of like a, a tradition where you have one stone cold match every year that happens at WrestleMania. You know, if you could keep him healthy, that would be really, really cool. So this was just a, a, a spectacle to witness. And uh, one of the craziest things to happen in 2023 amongst yeah. the other insane things. One thing doesn't get talked about as much anymore. Stone Cold returning to the ring. Uh, it, 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 but yet, no, nobody cares as much because you had Vince leaving and the, the all-out brawl and shit. But out, yeah. craziness. Yeah, no, this was not, it's not on my list, but this was a fun match. It wasn't It wasn't a technical classic. It wasn't Bret Hart. No, it didn't need to be. But... It was Stone Cold doing what Stone Cold does best, and it was against somebody who you could tell was having the time of his life because he is yeah. wrestling Stone Cold Steve Austin in his hometown in the main event of WrestleMania. Like that, this was this like, was in Kevin Owens like journals when he was a kid, like yeah. in his dreams when he went to sleep at night. Him on the arcade game, probably like playing the SmackDown or whatever, like. Kevin Owens in his home, or Kevin Owens against Stone Cold in his hometown in, in WrestleMania. Like, it's just a dream come true, really, for the guy. So, he could have more happier for him. He could have pulled an Ultimate Warrior, and that would have been a great way to end his career. Yeah. Yeah. And think about Kevin Owens as well. Like, he, he had a big opportunity when AW was like the hottest thing to sign with AW, mm -hmm. and instead he renewed with WWE. Mainly, his number one goal for the sake of his family, he wants to be able to send his kids to college. So, smart deal. And as it turned out, he got to wrestle freaking Stone Cold, the main event of WrestleMania. So, right. nice reward for, for signing that big deal. Yeah, there's only a couple people who can who could say that. Uh, yeah. Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, The Rock, Kevin Owens. It's quite the list. That's and it's it. amazing to think, again, this was at a time when Vince was still in charge, and one of these guys that Vince somehow didn't ruin, that he actually liked. And you hear all mm -hmm. the stories that these two guys had a pretty good relationship. But he's not really a guy that, like, Vince would really like like that. Like, historically, other than, and I think, I guess the closest comparison would be, like, Foley. Yeah. Uh, and you can certainly compare Owens to Foley in, in a lot of ways. But you can also compare Owens to Stone Cold. It's he's like kind of this weird mix yeah. of the two, almost. But but while being his own thing as Kevin Owens, there's a lot of there definitely are a lot of similarities between Kevin Owens and Mick Foley. Now that I think about it, like both are good good people. Both are dedicated family men. Both uh, you know adore their adore their families. Um, yeah, both good at what they do. Like you, there's a lot of similarities between them, and you're right between Austin as well. And, yeah, Kevin and Kevin Owens. Yeah, he's 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 gonna go down as one of the greats when all. Oh of a yeah, hands down. Oh, for sure, for yeah. sure. Him Another and Canadian. Absolutely. Yeah, fellow Canadians. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, WrestleMania. Speaking of WrestleMania streaks, what is your number five match of the year? So uh, this is actually also my moment of the year. Nice. It is. Um, one of the worst kept secrets. There was two. This is one of two worst kept secrets going into WrestleMania. The other one we just talked about. Um, it is the return of Cody Rhodes to the WWE 
against Seth freaking Rollins. Rollins. This, this, uh, Cody Rhodes, when he left, he wanted to make himself the biggest star in wrestling if he would ever return. And this, he 100% did to the point that basically they brought over the AEW version of Cody Rhodes. Right yeah. To Kendo. It was the- a thing. Since he was getting booed out of the building against Sammy Guevara, of all people. Yeah. Didn't change a thing. And it's just like Cody did it his way. And this was his, this was the prodigal son returning home. And it kicked yeah. off. An amazing trilogy of matches, which we will be definitely talking about one of the others later. Oh yeah, spoiler um, alert for sure. But <laughs> yeah, no, th- this was great. Just the the arena going black, and everyone's like, "What's this?" And then all of a sudden, you hear, "There's more than one royal family wrestling." Royal family, yes. Yeah. Wrestling has more than one royal family. And wrestling has more than one royal family, and then you hear the crowd map, and then uh, absolutely pop. And- this was like. Uh, when the Hardy Boys returned a few years ago, was that yeah. level of pop for Cody? Exactly. This this is one of this was a huge pop, and to see him come out from under the stage like that, oh yeah. my god, <laughs> Cody Vader, <laughs> great, yeah, so much so that unfortunately, you know, I kind of had to get rid of it there, but yeah, great, uh, great stuff, man. Like this is this full circle shit, man. It's pretty yeah. cool. Uh, I can't wait for him to come back, man, because same. Him and Triple H working together, these are both guys who they they have the same mind. You know, they come from the same ilk when it comes to their love of wrestling. So, getting to see those two work together like that is going to be phenomenal. I think, uh, regardless of Vince leaving, I feel like the plan was always to have Cody right. beat Roman this year at WrestleMania. So, I'm I'm really hoping that they stick with that plan. I feel like they probably will. I mean, you could make a case for Sami Zayn, but again, I think it makes more sense for him and Owens to beat the Usos for tag titles. And I feel like Cody, like with with the history and everything, the fact that he's never won the big one, this is the perfect time to to do that. The promo promo from the following night as well, you know, and there it's just like, I wanted to, I want, when I left, I wanted, basically, I wanted to be able to present to my father the WWE championship, but unfortunately, I never got that chance but I still want to do it now. And it's just like, okay, that's where you can see they're planting the seeds. And what better what better way to end WrestleMania night two than than to do that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I feel like that's the big moment that's uh inevitable to to happen. But um yeah, yeah that that's gonna be really cool. Do you think also, also think- one thing that would end that would make that more perfect, unfortunately I do not think it'll ever happen, would be him and Dustin to embrace at the end of uh, that. Yeah. Would be yeah, great. I, think, I don't think Dustin's leaving AEW anytime. Well, soon, he did announce so. that 2023 is his last year in wrestling. So, yes, he did do that. But and that's another one where I could see like him. He retires in ring as Dustin and AEW, like where wherever that is, and then he gets into the Hall of Fame as Gold Dust. Oh, one hundred percent. WrestleMania 2024, I would think. You could so, argue. I would, you, you could argue if they were ever to include his AEW accolades, you could argue a case for Dustin Rhodes himself getting in and said not just the character because he had had a pretty decent renaissance since he went, went with AEW. Like I mean, his match with CM Punk was just uh, was was insane, and of course the match from the very first Double or Nothing against Cody Rhodes, like holy shit, that's the match that should have been at WrestleMania all those years ago. That's I'm not surprised that that's the match they wanted to do back then. Yeah, yeah. 
um, yeah, I, I definitely I'm, I'm looking forward to Cody coming back. Do you think he wins the Rumble to set up the match at Mania? I, I feel like that's probably the spot for him to come yeah, back. It's too perfect. It's too perfect. Yeah, um, yeah it makes the most yeah, sense. He should be should be healed up by then. He's, yeah, sounds I like think he's so. doing pretty good with his tra- with his heal- with his uh, training and healing. That's skills. what you hear. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what you hear. So, um, hopeful for that for sure. But uh, Soda, what is speaking of Cody Rhodes? What is your number four? Well, actually, we're not quite there yet. But yeah, what is your number four? <laughs> so the second of three Cody Rhodes matches on there, and funnily enough, we just talked about his first match in back in WWE. Now we're about to talk about his final match in AEW. Holy shit! Holy moly! The TNT ladder match against Sammy Guevara. The last time anyone ever liked anything Sammy Guevara ever did. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Right afterwards, everyone went, the hell are you? Um, no, this was, oh my God, this was just a crazy, insane spot fest slash wonderful story. Like, this was just a phenomenal ladder match, and it gave us arguably one of the greatest moves to ever see happen the yes the cutter that, oh, oh my god the timing on that is <laughs> so good yeah and that was cody rhodes's last match in aew was that can you spot. believe that that's still it's just like what <laughs> Cody Rhodes, at the end of the day, you could probably argue would be in the conversation for the greatest of all time. I would not be surprised. Ooh, that's tough. I wouldn't say quite yet, but maybe when all is said and done. I'm saying like when it's all said and done, I wouldn't. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see. Uh, Again, we're not quite there yet, and it'll be interesting to watch because, like, oh yeah, I just feel like uh, he's a guy. That you know, we I think I might have talked about this on the show a little bit already, but it's another like in depth conversation that could be had of like how important he was to AEW and all these problems that started happening in the company that you read about, uh, drama behind behind the scenes and everything, Mm -hmm. injuries aside, kind of seemed like timing wise happened after Cody left, and maybe Cody was the first sort of domino to fall in a lot of ways. And, like, you look back at it, and, like, at the time, it was like, oh, AEW will survive. They'll be fine without him. And they they have been fine, but kind of just barely. And it, it feels yeah. to me like he was more important to the company and the stability of the company, the foundation of it, than we really thought at the time, really. He was on camera and off camera the heart of AEW. What he was. You had the, you had the pillars. That was the heart. That's yeah. what the pillars are. That's what the pillars were. That's the roof of the pillars were holding up was him in the middle. Basically. Yeah. So. Oh, well, it is what it is. And he's going to get his big moment in, in WWE. So when all yeah. said, uh, that's, I think maybe matters a little bit more uh, in the yeah. long run. But uh, for my number four, uh, I am taking it back to AEW for what was one of the most insane one of the most lunacy-filled, fucking crazy matches of the year. And it was, of course, taking place, which the previous two years had Stadium Stampede. This year, uh, emanating out of Double or Nothing in Chicago, was, of course, the Anarchy in the Arena match. Man, all sorts of crazy. Look at this fucking, this is one shot. Of this insanity, where they uh, the ring they bust open like all the 
the ring posts and they pull the ropes out and they strangle poor Brian Danielson. Oh, the uh, irony was, of this one. The irony of that. <laughs> yeah. And then, and also crazy, this was like one of the first matches of the feud, which is seemingly never going to end. Maybe it will at this Ring of Honor show. But you had the Jericho Appreciation Society against the Blackpool Combat Club, the Battle of the Sports Entertainers, uh, when William Regal was still employed with AEW, um, and all sorts of crazy brawling around the arena and throughout. Uh, this match was absolute insanity. So much so that Dave Meltzer, which doesn't he doesn't usually like these kinds of matches, actually gave this one five stars because of how freaking entertaining it was and how into it the crowd was. And the fact that it was kind of like the stadium stampede, which previously had been shot in like an empty stadium. This was that kind of match with the full on sold out, you know, 15,000 people screaming fans. So absolutely one of the, the matches of the year for sure. And uh, one of the top AW matches of the year. Uh, absolutely by far. This was on my honorable mentions list. This, yeah, this was the natural evolution of Stadium Stampede because, I mean, you know, coming back out of COVID the way we've been, it's just like, okay, how are they going to do that type of match? Because it basically was a staple and they found it. And my God, yeah. it, it was a little hard to follow at times, like those matches usually are. But oh my God, was it, you're right. It was, it was, it was fun. And the irony of, of how it ended because. Daniel Bryan or De Brian Danielson Torsa got fired from WWE back in the day for doing that to Justin Robbins, who is the ring announcer for AEW. So it's just like, oh my god, <laughs> right? Yeah, again, talk about full circle. But oh yeah, yeah, definitely love that match. That was a, a spectacle for sure. I said kind of comparing it to the Donnie Brook match, just in terms yeah. of like pure insanity and just all sorts of crazy shit happening mm. all, all around the ring. But yeah, definitely wanted to throw that as my number four. But for my number three. You talked about moment of the year and Cody Rhodes' big return. And I think that that, for me, is tied with moment of the year. The other moment of the year also involving Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. And that is, of course, the reveal of the torn peck for my number three match of the year. Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins inside Hell in a Cell. The collective gasp heard around the world. When Cody Rhodes took off his robe, just like cringing, looking at it, taking off his robe to reveal the torn peck, and just everybody, like, <gasps> just all at once, like, oh, that is nasty. And the fact that he was able to get up and wrestle this match and have it be a five-star freaking classic yeah. inside Hell in a Cell, one of the best Hell in a Cell matches that I've ever seen. Uh, coming off a few years where Hell in a Cell has been has gone through some really really rough spots, uh, stuff that we don't really want to talk about involving the feed and, and, and stuff. But man, this certainly made up for all the bullshit. This match was absolutely incredible. Uh, these two guys wrestling, and under the circumstances, the fact that Cody Rhodes was able to do that, we talked about him potentially submitting himself as, as one of the greatest of all time. It's moments like this where he tears his peck. Most guys, that would be it. They'd be out for nine months or however long it is. Cody Rhodes says, nope, let me go out there. I'm going to wrestle the match. And it's going to be a moment etched in wrestling history. And man, just I could not put over this match anymore. Loved, loved this match. And blows your mind to think about, really. 
I'm going to talk about it in a little bit. <laughs> okay, we'll get your thoughts on it here shortly. Um, but let's move on to your number three match of the year, Soda. Well, my number three match is uh, what um, is FTR versus the Briscoes one. Uh, that very first Briscoes match I've ever seen. Um, and to hear you, I remember when this match happened, you raving about it and definitely going and watching it and living up to the hype 100%. This match, you look at the time, it's long, but it doesn't feel long. And there's, there's no. a, this was tag team wrestling. This was the natural evolution of tag team wrestling. Like every generation has it. You had the Hart Foundation and the British Bulldogs in the 80s. And, of course, the Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express. You had in the 90s or uh, 2000s, you had Edge Christian, the Hardy Boys. You had the Dudleys. This generation, you have the Briscoes and you have FTR. These two make magic. Uh, they have, of course, the sequel this year as well, which wasn't as good, the two out of three falls, but... You know, I agree. Those are my honorable mentions. Didn't crack my top ten. Um, and of course, it was just announced that the third match is going to happen, which is a dog collar match, which is like, oh, holy crap! Yeah, um, as we're taping this tomorrow on the Ring of Honor pay per view, yeah. uh, it will be these guys again in a freaking dog collar match. Jesus Christ! Yeah, no, this is, but yeah, this match was just was just amazing. Um, and of course, it, at the end, it had it had a little bit of a storyline angle with the young bucks coming back to uh, Ring of Honor for the first time in years. Um, but yeah, this is a match uh, I would recommend as my favorite tag team match of the year for sure. Nice. Well, I want to do what you just did, and I will have more on this match here shortly. Yeah. But Soda, we'll move on to your number two. I'll let you keep talking and finish yeah. your thought from what we were just talking about a second ago. What is your number two match of the year? Hell in a Cell, man. This is probably, I, I would say it's in the top three Hell in a Cell matches, along with Undertaker and Mike HBK and along with Undertaker Mankind. Um, I think this, personal favorites, uh, Undertaker Mankind is still number one, but I think yeah. this, from like a technical wrestling perspective, this is probably number two. Yeah, right, because it's very hard to top the first one. But this is, I described it, this is Cody Rhodes's Michael Jordan's flu game. This is... Michael Jordan's, this is an old school hockey reference, Bobby Bond winning the cup for the Toronto Maple Leafs on a broken foot in the 60s. Um, this is a display that you rarely ever see. This man tore the peck off his bone, and because Ooh. he couldn't do any more damage to it, he went and had a five-star, the first five-star match in WWE in a long time. A while. The like, last one was, uh, John, I think, Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole at the NXT TakeOver yeah, the, two, the two out of three falls match, right? Yeah, the one that I got to see live. But yeah. yeah, you bastard. Um, <laughs> but but also the way they incorporated Cody's injury into the match, um, you, you you legit could see the anguish he was in, but the adrenaline was just so strong in his the, soul. The adrenaline in his soul. Yeah. Basically, yeah, he basically he was it was like he was channeling his father in a way. Like he, this was, yeah. This was, absolutely insane and the moment the crowd saw like you, you like you said you hear the gas you can hear the air get sucked out of the room i showed it to my uh co-workers the, the other day because i uh, we were i was talking to them about this list and stuff like that and i showed them the moment and yeah just you could just hear the <gasps> when he shows it because of all that bruising you're just like oh my god and oh, yeah man this is that that's a that's a legendary moment that is 
Cody Rhodes has a lot of legendary moments. That's going to be the legendary moment. I don't think anything could top that outside of maybe winning the title of WrestleMania this upcoming year. Um, I don't think anything could ever top that as like a defining Cody Rhodes moment is this hell in a cell match. Yeah. As I said, it, it's, it's tough to pick between the two Cody Rhodes moments for, for match or for moment of the year. Mm-hmm. His return at WrestleMania or this performance in Hell in a yeah. Cell with the Thorn Pack. It's it's like it's gotta be. I think we should just be fair and call it a tie. Pretty much, yeah. Cody Rhodes is responsible for the moment of the year. Take your pick. Yes, um, moment of the year, Cody Rhodes. There you yeah, go, everybody. Yeah. This um, he had a really good like four month Spanish. Like you had that Sammy uh, match against Sammy, and then you had your trilogy against Seth Rollins right afterwards. Like you, if he, you could make an argument for wrestler of the year still. Yeah. Yeah. Even with the torn, man, it's too bad. Cause like, if it wasn't for that, he probably would, but maybe, maybe it would, maybe this helps. Yeah. 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 But and his dad yeah. Incredible. Incredible year for this guy. I think it's going to be an even cr- better yeah. potential year for him in 2023. Once he's able to come back and uh, really looking forward to it, man. There's, there's like, Amazingly, a lot to look forward to with WWE these days. So, right, yeah, it's oh, it's awesome. Yeah, good, good stuff. Uh, well, for my number two, uh, I don't have really that much of a, a clip or a image for it, so I just have the the match graphic. But for me, you talk about wrestling perfection, right? And last year, uh, it, it was like it, it was tough for me to pick between the tag match and the singles match for like my number one and number two. And so I thought I'd kind of flip it this year because last year I went with Danielson and Omega as my number one. I think maybe a little bit of light attendance bias put that one just over the top for me. Uh, But this year I'm going with what I thought was the best professional wrestling singles match of the year as my number two. Uh, Might be a little bit of a hint for what my number one is, um, but it is Will Ospreay once again taking on Kazuchika Okada in the G1 Climax Finals. Uh, this was the finals that I had booked at the very beginning of the tournament. I said, man, it's got to be the finals. It, everything makes sense. For, it lines up for these two guys to collide. And while I thought maybe it was time to finally give Osprey that big win, I think it makes a little bit more sense to kind of hold off on that for now. New Japan likes to be really slow with these things, maybe even more slow than AEW. So I think Osprey will have his moment. He didn't get the win here, but man, this is a absolute classic all-time professional wrestling match between two of, again, we talked about greatest of all times, two guys that I think could be in that conversation. Osprey is another one that I would also throw in the mix with Cody when all is said and done to potentially be looked at as the greatest wrestler of all time, at least from a technical standpoint. Uh, Again, he's still so freaking young and it's still too early to to make that argument, but I'm just saying like for the future, possibly something to consider. Uh, These guys gave you everything you wanted and more with this match. I think Meltzer gave it five and three quarter stars, something like that. Uh, Maybe even six. I have to go back and look, but this to me, was just a, a, an absolute clinic and one that I think I've watched this match like three times already because it's just that freaking good. One that I, I would urge every single one of you to go out of your way. Worth the $10 a month or whatever it is in yen uh, 
just to get New Japan World to subscribe to watch just this match. Uh, worth the price alone. Uh, absolutely love this. And for me, again, was, was my top singles match of the year coming in at number two, Okada versus Osprey. Yeah, I, I haven't seen this match, so I don't have anything to add. <laughs> all that build up for that. That's all. That's the only yeah. comment you get out of yeah, it. But uh, the one thing I was thinking about, like I have seen some Okada matches, and I'm like, that is a guy that I think would do well in a short. If you were ever to do a short run in WWE, I really do think he would. Short run, yeah, maybe. But I mean, like you know, or just you know, bring him over if like. He, there's some seats. I don't know. There's some. I don't know. There's something going on within New Japan because of all the stuff with uh, Carl Anderson or whatever. I'm, just saying, get a point. Yeah, if they were ever to do like you know a cross promotional match, I could see it being Okada. Like if they were doing WrestleMania, I could see definitely see it being Okada. I don't think this might sound crazy, but I don't think it's crazy as it sounds. I think there's potential for New Japan and WWE crossover matches to happen. On the same card that you have AEW guys and New Japan guys, yeah. I think everybody is open to working for with New Japan at this point, mm-hmm. and just because of the talent and because of the the history surrounding the company, and I I just don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that we're going to see a show yeah. where you have WWE guys and AEW guys on the same card as some of these New Japan guys, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, man, uh, we'll we'll wait and see, but. I, I think it's something to look out for. But uh, before we move on to our, our number one matches of the year, uh, some honorable mentions that I'll throw out there. We talked about FTR. Uh, the match they have against Aussie Open at the Royal Quest event, which took place on October 1st, a couple months ago. Uh, another one that's on New Japan World. This was an insane tag team match. It was one that was is tough for me not to include in my top ten. But it was like every there were so many good matches this year that uh, that I, I had to kind of throw at the honorable mention. So check out FTR and Aussie Open, uh, another great tag match recently. Just for for the storyline and the way that it all got laid out uh, was the the CM the trolling of CM Punk as I called it with the Elite yeah. and Death Triangle recently in Chicago, the part Which, of their best of seven series. Before we continue, I do want to say after sitting and actually do think thinking about this match, as I said to Dagan, I, I do think this match is what well, that match was actually better than the first one. Uh, the more I thought about it, and listen, I think so I, too. What those what the people said and like thinking about it, say, like, oh god, yeah, it was a master class. It was a great match. I think it was the best of the three that they've had so far yes. at the time of this taping. But uh, yeah, that's that's definitely another honorable mention in terms of tag matches. Uh, and uh, a couple others that I'll throw out there from that same show, from that same AEW show, we had Chris Jericho defending the ROH title against Ishii, Tomohiro Ishii from New Japan match. In terms of recent matches, like within the last few months, mm-hmm. that one sticks out for me. The Eddie Kingston versus Jun Akiyama match at full gear sticks out for me. So many insane matches. Even like the Luchasaurus Jungle Boy cage match from that show, like that, that mm-hmm. I would throw to my honorable mentions. Uh, and then another New Japan match that I'd throw out there. And another Will Ospreay match is his match with Shingo Takagi from the G1. So, so many insane wrestling matches this year. So, did you have any other honorable matches to throw out there before we get yeah. to our number ones? Yeah, the acclaimed versus, um, oh, God. Swerve in our glory. First one, yeah. Yeah, uh, that was a all-out pay-per-view. great match. Um, uh, what else would I throw out there? Of course, we talked about earlier the Austin-Kevin Owens match. Um, I'm... 
I didn't mind the. I actually would throw in there Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey from WrestleMania Backlash. I thought that was a much better okay. match than the WrestleMania one. Um, yeah. Oh, you know what? This year's Blood and Guts, I would throw there as well. I think it was actually better than last year's, hands down. Even though, of course, he still got the spot at the end. But uh, no, it was it was a great. It also told a great story because Eddie Kingston wanted to make Jericho tap, but unfortunately. Somebody beat somebody else. Got the tap first. Yeah, Claudia. Then led led to a little feud with him and Claudia. That was good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's about it so far. And of course, the anarchy in the uh, oh no, anarchy in the arena. But no, there is one more I do want to especially shout out. Yes, and it is uh, one that you would never you hear it and you're like, no way. Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns was an unexpectedly great match um that image of of logan paul use recording while he's hitting that splash man which is what actually turns out would hurt him but um yeah that match was unex that that match showed to me that logan paul if you ever just stop being a dickhead and become a sports entertainer i think he would be very successful yeah yeah definitely i i, I think i think bad bunny walks so logan paul could run Oh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. And and those guys wouldn't have walked or ran if it wasn't for Pat McAfee. So, there you go. Yeah, and, then, <laughs> and they, wouldn't, they wouldn't have done any of that if Stephen Amell hadn't crawled all those years ago. Yeah, and then I could take it way back to now. Yeah, but, uh, good, good shouts there for sure. Uh, yeah. There's another match that I'll throw my honorable mentions, but uh, I'm not going to say what it is quite yet because uh, it, it's your number one, uh, which is crazy that your number one didn't make my list, but yeah. my number one uh, did, in fact, make the list uh, already. We've talked about it a little bit, uh, and so I will continue my thoughts from earlier. And it is the Briscoes against FTR. As I said, it was a debate last year in my mind whether I was going to go with the tag match or the singles match as my number one. This year, I thought that this is the match that I kept going back around to. I was like, match of the year, match of the year. What is it? I keep circling back around to that first FTR Briscoes match taking place at Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, WrestleMania weekend. Just a match that I think had a lot of hype around it. Uh, both teams that, uh, you know, the dream match scenario for sure with the Briscoes and FTR, but I think wasn't as incredible. Like pe People afterwards were gushing about it like it was one of the greatest tag matches of all time, and I would certainly agree with that. Uh, I, I would compare it to the the cage match with the uh, the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers last year. Uh, it was just a, a tag team excellence, really. And that's, I think, what you can expect from these two teams. But at the end of the day, I think they did, uh, they went above and beyond to, to deliver here. Not over-deliver, but just like deliver and extra, if that kind of makes sense. And as much so as, as this spot here, uh, as I go through and uh, pull up the clip, this is just one example of one of many insane spots on this sh on this show on this for this match, but this one in particular, uh, what the fuck? And I got that. Oh my god, from the classic from uh, Colt Caprice there. Exactly. I think that's the name. But man, what the fuck just straight onto the the, the floor, basically. Like yep. Uncle and, Dax went through hell that match. 
Yeah, yeah. No, all all these guys really should. They were all gushing blood by the end of it. And uh, again, honorable mention for their second match that they had. We haven't seen the the dog collar match yet. So man, maybe maybe both of us will have to edit this and say uh, yeah, a no little problem. editor's note here at the end. Uh, actually, our number one of the year was FTR and Briscoe's dog collar match, but um, I, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I, again, can't say enough great things about this match. But speaking of dog collar matches, Soda, your number one match of the year is... My number one was my dream matchup, and it actually happened. MJF versus CM Punk. In a stipulation wow. I wasn't anticipating in the dog collar match. Um, when CM Punk signed with AEW, the first thing out of my mouth is, I want to see a program with MJF. And lo and behold... They did. The only reason why it didn't make my list for Feud of the Year this year is because technically it started in November of last year. Um, but this was insane. The the way they announced it, it's, hey, Maxwell, would you want to be my Valentine? Like, uh. And then you get to the match itself, and MJF is out there, and all of a sudden you hear the familiar strains. If, if you're an old wrestling fan, you know what this is. It is the familiar strains of AFI at CM Punk comes out in paying homage to his other dog collar match, the one against Raven. Um, wow. This was, this is storytelling in its finest after brawl out. Like I said, my opinion of Phil Brooks, the man has changed, but not of the wrestler because of moments like of matches like this. Um, this was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. Um, the, just the whole program itself, I knew it would be great. It completely blew my expectations. Um, and not just that, you had the weaving of the Wardlow story in there and the payoff at the end where he uh, just leaves the ring and he helps CM Punk uh, win the match instead. Um, you had some great heel work from Maxwell at the very beginning of the match, the cowardly heel stuff. Um, but yeah, no, this dog collar match is just one of the most uh, well-told stories I've seen in a wrestling ring in a long, long time. And this, I, this would probably make my top ten in a couple of years. I would. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I thought it was just an insane match for sure. Uh, it's it's tough. It's really really tough. I mean, yes, I agree with you about separating Phil Brooks the man from CM Punk the wrestler. However, it was just very tough for me to include anything with CM Punk on this list after everything that had happened. It's really a lot tougher, I think, for me to, to separate those two things. And, mm -hmm. man, I'm just sick of talking about CM Punk. <laughs> That's all. Like, really, it's just we, I feel like we've spent uh, however many episodes we've done this year, I think we've just spent, like, the majority of them talking about shit that's been yeah. going on with CM Punk. So uh, I'm a little sick of it, not going to lie. I'm sure he'll come up in conversation again. There'll be speculation of him going to WWE probably in 2023, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it because uh, other than this match being absolutely amazing, I am just so done of talking about CM yeah. Punk. It exhausts me, Soda. It's exhausting. This man has given me so many gray hairs to kind of level out the ratio a little bit this year, having to talk about him yeah. all the fucking time. I God do damn CM out, Punk, what man. a fucking year you've put us through, man. That man, though, technically started the little tit a tat with the with the with the uh, um the uh what what how, oh fuck what was I looking what was the word I'm looking for you know how everyone was bitching that uh, saying that CM Punk's camp was unhappy with the shenanigans 
Technically, CM Punk started that when he said uh, during the commentary, oh, my hand hurts. Yeah. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Well, I think that that's pretty much going to wrap up our list. Uh, a yeah. lot of really, really great highlights this year. 2022 has been potentially the most insane year in professional wrestling history. Yeah. Like, just the Vince shit alone, uh, the brawl out stuff, the Stone Cold Steve Austin, Ric Flair's final disaster, uh, yeah. Cody, uh, MJF, uh, uh, Moxley, all sorts of just insane stuff that happened in 2022. Yeah, and, club. and we, you yeah. know, what we didn't even talk about uh, Hangman Adam Page and uh, and Brian Danielson that happened this year. That did happen this year, so long ago. Yeah, and we barely scratched the uh, the William Regal stuff. Yeah, that's something this, we didn't even get a chance to cover on this show. But man, what, what a freaking year this has been! Yeah, and it's like what years? Like two thousand. What the fuck is in store for twenty twenty three after all this? I, <laughs> it's, it's definitely going to go down as one of those years. Like twenty two thousand one was was one of those years because of, you know that's when WCW got acquired. You had the invasion angle, like that's the year you remember WrestleMania X seven, of course, nineteen eighty five. You know the Rock and Wrestling Connection and WrestleMania one. Um, like it's definitely going to be one of those years that's that's vastly remembered. Um, and yeah, I don't. It's going twenty twenty three is going to have a hard time topping it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but what but I can say is yeah. Triple H at the helm, so I mean, you never know. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be exciting yeah. to watch. But, and also, what I can say about 2023, guys, is that I think we have some really, really exciting and fun plans for this show, for Blokes of Wrestling in 2023. Yeah. A lot of stuff that we will announce uh, later on, but I think that both of us have earned a break, a little bit of a holiday break. Yeah. From all this craziness, I know we still got the Ring of Honor pay per view, and we still got the NXT show, which I don't really care about NXT. Yeah, I'm not gonna watch um, it. And, and we got yeah, AW Winter is coming, so just I'll watch that. Yeah, we still got a little bit left of 2022, but I am just again thoroughly exhausted from talking about it all. But uh, wanted to say thank you so much to everybody who mm. supported us this year and has helped our show grow. And do all sorts of fun stuff, bringing in guys like Mike Sempervivi for the wrestling trivia. That's definitely a thing that we're still going to go and keep doing as my light I, goes out. And I'm I completely red. No, no, the, the fiend. The fiend has come back. He's coming for me. What the fuck? The lights are red. Ah. I that, no, that's me signifying I'm coming for that WrestleMania match. I will take anyone on on that. Wow. Well, there you go. A, a challenge issued here. As I feel like Alistair Black is about to super kick me uh, in the head from the side as the, the House of Black invade my garage. Yeah. But Soda, any other final thoughts or, or messages of uh, of cheer and greeting this holiday season uh, as, yeah. as we wrap up uh, and head into 2023? Just be kind to each other, man. Like, that's, that's all you can do. Just don't be a dick. Um, yeah, that's my only advice for 2023. Just be kind. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm looking forward to what we're getting in store 2023. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a wild, wild ride. It really, really is. I cannot wait to continue to talk yeah. more and more out, many, many more hours about pro wrestling and all this crazy stuff that happens in 2023. 
want to say happy holidays to everybody out there watching this. Uh, again, we will be back after the new year, probably the first week, the first Friday in January. So that's most likely going to be the sixth will be our next blokes of wrestling show. But until then, uh, I echo what Soda just said there. Just be nice. Just be freaking nice to each other, especially right around Christmas. Like, for God's sakes, everybody, stop fucking yelling and screaming at each other about dumb shit on the internet. And just and whatnot. Nice. Come on, guys. Like, just stop attacking people for dumb shit and, and uh, being idiots uh, for just for a, a brief second. Maybe go outside and get some fresh air. Take a fucking hay ride. Uh, around the neighborhood and uh, again just be nice be nice to everybody this holiday season and we will be back in 2023 with more very very fun stuff for blokes of wrestling but until then guys cheers Ha 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 